Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Well, come on, let's give Jesus one more big hand clap in the house of God. Amen. Hey, let's give Amarillo, Texas a big hand clap. Welcome them into the service. Henderson, Kentucky, Dumas, Texas, we love you and we're so glad you're here. And uh, I'm pumped about what God's getting ready to do. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Tell him he's going to do something in your life today. Tell him that. He's going to do something big in your life today. It might as well be you. And I'll tell you, we have a special treat today. We have Pastor Shane Warren here from Cookville, Tennessee. And I'll say this about Pastor Shane. I believe Pastor Shane is one of the best preachers in America. I think back to a service Jesse and I and Pastor Jordan out in Amarillo said in years ago where the power of God was moving so strong when Pastor Shane was preaching. All three of us literally wept for like a solid hour. The power of God was there. I'll tell you, God's used this man to plant multiple thriving churches in America, some of the greatest churches in America, and he's using him to plant another one right now. And I'm so thankful that he took time out of his schedule to come and bless his church. Come on, let's stand up on our feet, give Pastor Shane a big his church welcome. Hey, we love you, man. Well, let's give Jesus that. How about that? I got any Jesus lovers in the room? Amen. Well, you can be seated again. I did this in the early service, but we also want to welcome uh, the Amarillo campus, and we want to welcome all of you guys here today, and I am so thankful to be here. I really do uh, appreciate your pastor and and uh, Sister Pastor for having me in today. Let me be here. They can have any preachers they want. How many know you don't need another preacher to come in? You got as good preachers as you could ever have in both of them. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. Since I'm not as cramped for time, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I pastored a large church and was on television, all kinds of stuff. He can tell you all about it. I won't, I won't tell you that stuff. But I pastored a large church, and we had everybody everybody there's not there's nobody that you can name that that it's ethical that I didn't have in my church on a regular basis I uh, invited Pastor Brian to come preach for me many times several years went by and he never would accept an invitation and finally one day I said dude why can I get T.D. Jakes but I can't get Brian Gibson is there is there something I don't know about you that I need to know about you and so I finally gave up, and we had a women's event, and I had uh, his wife to come in, and Jess tore it up. She tore it up. In fact, all the women's like, you got to have her back again. She's a little firecracker. She... And so uh, I'm so glad to be here, and, uh, you know, I, I came to the invitation. So maybe now that I have, maybe I've got a church plant going, if we could have the honor of your presence sometime to come and to uh, bless us at, in Cookville, Tennessee. Well, I want to invite you to take out your Bible because I don't have a lot of time. We're going to take more time tonight. Let me just encourage you. Everybody say tonight. Oh, gosh, y'all got to wake up. I thought I was in a spirit-filled church, right? Y'all are awake. How many? You're alive and not dead, right? Listen, 
Tonight, you've got to be here. And let me tell you why. Because tonight, I'm going to roll the cover back on the rim of the Spirit. This morning, I'm just going to tease you. But tonight, we're going to go really deep into the realm of the Spirit. We're going to talk about demonic forces and angels. And I'm going to show you some things that happen in the throne room while we worship God that will blow your mind. And it's not just about you getting information. I believe when you see this revelation, revelations are keys that unlock dimensions to the anointing. The anointing comes in dimensions. You can be anointed as King David, but you're not ready yet because you haven't killed a Goliath. Goliath is another key that unlocks a different dimension. You can be anointed king over Judah, but you're still not ready to be king over all of Israel. The anointing comes in dimensions. Revelation is keys that unlock dimensions to the anointing. How many of you want to go to the deep places of God? How many would like to see the anointing released in your life in a level you've never walked in before? Well, tonight, I'm going to give you today and tonight, I'm going to give you a revelation that will absolutely change your life. And then tomorrow night, I'm staying over because I want to hear this prophet. I've heard so many stories and People all over the country call me and tell me, you've got to get around this prophet. He is so accurate with a word from the Lord and signs and wonders are working. So I'm staying over tomorrow night to have church with you, right? So I'm going to come in my his church uh, T-shirt or sweatshirt and some tennis shoes. I'm going to look just like Pastor Brian. I might go get me some fake hair put on, you know, look a little bigger, muscle up. Anyway, so come on, somebody. Can I have some fun? Right? All right, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Take your Bibles out right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you for uh, Pastor Brian and Jesse. God, I thank you for them. They are such good people. They've been so kind to me. And, Lord, I pray your blessings over them and everything they touch. And over all the multiple campuses uh, all over the country, Lord, I just speak favor over them today. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what we're about to look at and what you're about to say to the church. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right. I need you to go into the last book of your Bible to the book of Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Turn over there. You're going to need a Bible today. They're going to have some of the scriptures on the screen, but it's better for you to see it. I didn't come, uh, you know, just to throw food at you, right? You, you don't eat spaghetti without a fork. If you do, you'll get a lot on you and not a lot in you. Right? I didn't come to get food on you. I came to get food in you. So get your fork out, and we're going to eat today, okay? And we're going to eat some good stuff today. Now, let me just tell you, you're not going to be able to take notes. I'm not even interested in you trying to write down everything I say. And here's the reason I'm, I'm saying that to you is because I've already made all of my notes available to the media department, and I've instructed them to give them to you free of charge. Okay? So you're going to get thousands, hundreds of hours worth of research just on this one topic, and I'm only going to give you a little snippet of what's in all the notes so that you can go home and study. Anybody thankful for that? Oh, great. I got three or four of you that's glad you're getting, getting notes. All right. Revelation chapter 12. Y'all ready? Verse number one, now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman was clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a garland on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fire, red dragon, have seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew out a third of the stars of the heaven. He threw them to the earth. Everybody look right here. How many of you have ever heard that a third of the angels rebelled with Lucifer at the fall? Let me see your hand. You heard wrong. 
That's not in your Bible. In fact, if you can find a verse for that, I'll eat it. I know I offended you, right? Just stick around. I plan on offending everybody before the service is over. Okay? Where do we get that? We get this out of Revelation chapter 12. But you'll find out Revelation chapter 12 happens in the future. It has not happened yet. Now, there were angels that rebelled with Lucifer according to Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah 14. The Bible is clear about that. But we don't know how many. We just know that it was a lot. The one thing we do know is there's more that be with us than be with them. Oh, gosh. Y'all really going to make me work at that hard. I said there's more that be with us than be with them. Anybody glad you got more for you than against you? Right? I just sorry, I had to stop right there just to mess you up a little bit, okay? And, and he, he drew out a third of the stars, uh, and then he, the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child. As soon as it was born, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations. Of course, this is talking about the Lord Jesus. This is talking about the nation of Israel, and, and uh, the sun is the glory of God because God has a glory for the land of Israel, and the moon is the law, and I could go on and on here with that. But let's look now. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they should feed her 1,260 days. War broke out in heaven. Say that out loud with me, please. And war broke out in heaven. Come on, say it out loud. And war broke out. In, where did it break out? Where did it break out? In heaven. So this is happening in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the servant of old called the devil Satan, and deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. I want to talk about the spirit of accusation. And if I could give a title to the message, we just say shut up. Because I'm tired of hearing what the devil has to say about me. And I believe Jesus just wants to tell him to just shut up, right? So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I told the early service, I'm going to tell you today that I could spend a long time up here developing the book of Revelation and specifically Revelation chapter 12. There was a time that I, I spent 14 months, three services a week, preaching on the book of Revelation, never covered the same thing twice. There is so much in the book, I don't understand why preachers run away from it. It's just because we don't want to study the deep things and try to figure out some of the mysteries. But it's been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom, right? There's things that we need to know. So anyway, I can't develop everything, but I do need to develop a few little things to give you a context. Revelation chapter 12 is happening in the middle of the tribulation period. The next great event of human history, I believe, is the coming of the Lord. I believe in a catching away of the church. If you don't believe in that, that's cool. We're not going to argue. We all believe that Jesus is going to come. I do believe that Jesus is going to come in glory for his church. But I believe he's going to come in glory in his church before he comes in glory for his church. Which means the greatest move of God the world has ever seen is upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I are the ones upon whom the ends of the world have come. All the prophets of the Bible are prophesying or have prophesied about the day in which we're living in right now. Oh, I wish I could talk to you about that. 
I wish I could talk to you about Israel and Jerusalem. I could show you a math equation right now. And pastor, let me tonight, I might give it to you. I don't know, whatever the Lord wants. But I can show you a math equation to show you exactly of what, beyond mathematical probability where we are in the time frame of God. I've put it before physicists and the physicists can't even unravel it. They say it had to come from God. I could show you that. I believe that we're, we're in the close of an age. I believe Jesus is going to come. The Bible says when Jesus comes, immediately after His coming, there's going to come the man of sin, the Antichrist. The King James says, He that letteth will let till he be taken out of the way. It's an old English idiom which means the one that restrains is restraining till he's gone. That restrainer is the church. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene. It will begin a period on the earth called tribulation. That tribulation period lasts for seven years. The first three and a half years is called the wrath of the Lamb. The last three and a half years is called the wrath of God. The first three and a half years is called lesser tribulation. The last three and a half years is called great tribulation. The, less, the first three and a half years is supposed to be the easy part. The last three and a half years is supposed to be the worst of the worst of the tribulation period. Now with that in mind, think about this. In your Bible, it declares that in the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, that approximately 2.5 billion people die through war, famine, pestilence, and disease on the earth. Two and a half billion, one-third, approximately one-third of the population of the earth. Can you imagine the chaos that it is going to spin the world into? Now, I know that there are preterists who are watching me today, preterists are a certain theological position, uh, preterists, they believe that that, that tribulation already happened. But you can take all the wars in all of history combined, all the dead, put them together, multiply it by 100, and you still won't come up to that amount. So we're talking about a day which is to come. So we're talking about a period that's going to come in the future, okay? So those first three and a half years, there's also going to be something happening in Israel. They're going to be rebuilding a temple. A third temple is going to be rebuilt. They'll complete it somewhere in the middle of the tribulation period because Daniel tells us that the Antichrist will go in at the dedication day of the temple and he will sit down in the temple and declare himself God, committing the abomination of desolation. The Jews will then have a falling out. He'll get after the Jewish people. 144,000 remnant Jews will make their way down into Petra and they'll be held up there. And this happens in the middle of the tribulation period. It happens in Revelation chapter 12. So the time frame that I'm talking to, Revelation chapter 12, is not something that has already taken place. It is something that is coming in the future. Is everybody with me on that, okay? While something is going on in the natural on the earth, there is something going on in the realm of the spirit, right? The Bible tells us, Revelation chapter 12, watch this now, that there's a war that is breaking out in heaven. So while there's war breaking out on the earth, there is a war that is breaking out in heaven at the same time. There's so many Christians that don't understand that we have spiritual battle. The weapons of our warfare, folks, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, folks, there's a spiritual rim that's operating. You don't want me today to start teaching you about the ten different dimensions that physicists, and, and brother, I got a little ringing up here if you turn me down just a hair. You don't want me to talk about the ten different dimensions that physicists say that we now know exist four of which we can measure, height, width, depth, and length. But then there are six dimensions that are parallel dimensions right here with us right now that you and I are interacting with and we don't even know we're interacting with them. 
Paul talked about this. To be absent from the body, watch now, is to be present with the Lord. Did you know that you can come to church and through prayer and worship and intercession and studying the Bible, you can be right here in this dimension, but you can also step right over here into the throne room of Almighty God and be over in this dimension as well? There's multiple dimensions. If you were to die right now, to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. It's not somewhere on the other side of the universe. It's right here, right now. Listen to the, what the writer of Hebrews says. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. They're in more involved than we think they are. Folks, I'm telling you, there are realms and dimensions to the spirit that we don't understand. And there's things happening. For example, right now we're here in church, right? Do you know else who else is here in church? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said that you need to be careful when you come to church how you, the attitude you have because of the angels. So there's angels right now in this room. See, y'all don't believe that. That's, you don't believe it. That's the reason some of you will walk in here one way and walk out the same way you came in. But there'll be some people come in here and realize that there's something going on bigger than me in this room. And if there's angels in here, they've come with your miracle in their hand. Come on, somebody. So as Christians, tonight we're going to take you deep into that realm. I'm going to show you some stuff the Bible teaches. But, but I just want you to understand there's this realm. Well, the Scripture tells us in Revelation chapter 12 that Satan is cast out of heaven at this point. But that's in the future. Everybody say it's in the future. Everybody slap your neighbor and say that's, that's off over in the future somewhere. It hasn't happened yet. Now with that in mind, look at it. Revelation 12.10, the Bible says, The accuser of the brethren, Satan, stands before God day and night and accuses you and I before God day and night. Now I was always taught that Satan was cast out of heaven. But actually what it's, it's an idiom which means he, was, he lost his position. It's obvious Revelation chapter 12 hasn't happened yet. Satan has access. Now, this is the oldest book in your Bible, the book of Revelation. Let me go to, or the newest book in your Bible. Let me go to the oldest book, the book of Job. Job chapter 1, the Bible says, There was a man who lived in the land of us, not Oz. Trying to wake you all up. The land of us, whose name was Job. Anybody ever read about Job? Remember reading about Job? And the Bible says he's a righteous man. And he's so righteous, he's got a hedge of protection around him. And notice what the scripture says. Satan is walking around figuring out how he can get in the hedge. Listen to what God said. God said to Satan, where have you been? For the scripture says there in Job chapter 1 verse 6, there was a day when the sons of God, Benai Elohim, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also was among them. So Satan is one of these angelic creatures that is considered in classification in the Bible as Benah Elohim. Elohim is a word that describes all spiritual beings in the realm of the spirit. Benah Elohim is high-ranking spiritual beings in that realm. For example, in the earth realm, we have dogs, cats, birds, chipmunks, all that stuff, right? Horses. But then there's something in the earth realm that's a higher creation than everything else. What is it? It's man. Everybody say it's us, right? It's man. So you have man that's higher creation. Well, in the realm of the spirit, you have Elohim. That describes all spiritual beings. But then there's Benah Elohim. These are high-ranking spiritual beings. So the Bible says there's a time when these spiritual beings come before the Lord and Satan is also among them. And he's there accusing the brethren before God day and night. See, we have in our mind, because we don't study the Bible... We listen to what people say and we read books. Let me help you with something. Religion is, or, or truth is what God says about himself. 
Religion is what man says God says about himself. I'm going to say that again. Y'all going to wake up this morning, right? Truth is what God says about himself. Religion is what man says God says about himself. And most, most church people are religious because all they do is read books about God, but they don't study God, right? And, and, and so listen to me. I'm trying to teach you something. We think that there's only good angels up there in that dimension that sit down with God, but that's not the case. And your Bible shows you that over and over and over again. The Bible seems to indicate that God comes out in some courtroom setting in heaven, sets on a throne, and all kinds of these benign Elohim, spiritual beings, come around God, and some are righteous, and, or some are good, and some are wicked. You say, well, I, I don't believe that. Well, let, let's just study the Bible. Can we do it? Let's go over here to the book of 2 Chronicles. And guys, if y'all just go ahead and start throwing them up on the screen, and, work, and we'll go fast. 2 Chronicles chapter 18, I'm going to move off the screen real fast. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Y'all ready? Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing at his right hand and left. Oh, so here we go. We've got God on his throne. We have the host of heaven standing to his right and to his left. Does everybody see that? This host of heaven is Elohim. These are spiritual beings standing to God's right and to his left. But let's keep reading here. The Bible says, And the Lord said, Who would persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, one spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came and stood before the Lord and said, I'll persuade him. Stop right there. So here we have God comes out on his throne, sets on his throne, and these high-ranking spiritual beings, angelic forces, Come and they're to God's right and to God's left. And God says, I want to judge Ahab for all the evil he's done. So I need to get him to Ramoth Gilead and I'm going to kill him at Ramoth Gilead. And he says to the angels, how are we going to do it? Now God loves to cooperate with his created beings. I'll give you proof. Did God tie you up and beat you over the head till you got saved? No. There was a cooperation, right? So in the spirit realm, it's the same way. He loves to cooperate with these spiritual beings. So he's having a discussion. How are we going to do it? Well, the Bible says one angel stands up and says, we're going to do it this way. Another one over here stands up and says, no, that sounds like a dumb idea. I think we ought to do it this way. And there's this discussion going on in heaven between these spiritual forces with God, how they're going to get Ahab down to Ramoth Gilead. Does everybody see that in the Bible? But notice the next phrase, or the next verse. The next verse says, A spirit came before the Lord and said, I'll go persuade him. And God said, How are you going to do it? And he said, I will go down and be a lying spirit. Everybody say a lying spirit. I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophet. Now look at me. In God there's neither variableness nor shadow of turning. God is truth through and through. And if there's any darkness or any lie in God, he can't be truth. Right? So we know that God is a God of truth. What this is showing us is this is a wicked spirit of some sort that is in this divine council meeting in heaven and he's bringing accusation or bringing a plan to destroy Ahab. Now the reason I'm showing you this is because God said, okay, go down there and be a lion spirit. He went down in the mouth of Ahab's prophets and told him if you go to Ramoth Gilead and fight, you'll win the battle. And he went down there and he died. Right? Folks, this is the reason when you take Job chapter 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 18 and other passages I could show you, this is the reason we need to be careful how we live. We need to stop opening doors 
and access points for spiritual forces to come into our life and to do things to us because, folks, if we don't get our act together, they could lead us to someplace and kill us as well. And we used to teach holiness and righteous, righteous living in the church. Now we tell everybody, you can go sleep with Shaniqua, you can hook up with John, you can go do everything you want to do, come to church, throw your hands in the air, wave them like you just don't care, go through your religious calisthenics and God's okay with you, and you've done your little penance and you're going to go to heaven. Folks, you might make it to heaven, but you might go through some hell before you get there if you open doors for demonic spirits to come into your life. Come on, we need to be like Job and live in such a way that it creates a hedge of protection around us. All right? So biggest thing I want you to see is, look, there's this divine council meeting. Wicked spirits are there. Good spirits are there. Now, go with me over here. Let's look at another scripture because I can see some of y'all still aren't tracking with me. Psalm 82. You think I'm making this up. Psalm 82, verse number 1. So you can't just read the Bible, folks. You've got to read the Bible. You need to study the Word of God. Psalm 82, verse number 1. Throw that up on the screen, guys. Here's, here's the, the English Standard Version. Let me give it to you. It says, God has taken His place in the divine council in the midst of the judges, uh, in the midst of the God He judges. This translation, God stands in the congregation of the mighty and He judges amongst the gods. Look at me. The word gods there is Elohim. So again, we have another passage and there's going to be some good theologian you know, just leave it up to a good theologian to mess something up. Some good theologian. I have lots of education, so I could stand with them and talk all day long. But some good theologian, I had somebody in a church recently said, well, that is talking about the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God's standing amongst the God. He's judging amongst the God. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are having a good discussion. I said, really? They said, yeah. I said, well, you've got a real theological problem. Because if you go down on verse number 2, 3, 4, and 5 in that same chapter, he's judging those same gods for handling the nations wickedly. So now you just accuse Jesus and the Holy Ghost for dealing wicked with, with, with the nations. Again, if you think twice in your generation, you're a genius. So, so anyway, notice here, God is judging amongst the gods. So here we have this, again, this concept, God sitting on a throne and these beings. Now look at me. The Bible says Satan is there and he and his spiritual forces are accusing you before God day and night trying to convince God why you're disqualified and you, he shouldn't use you and he shouldn't love you and he shouldn't help you and they're presenting this case. Is everybody tracking with what I'm saying? But the good news is there's somebody else up there. Can we look at it? Hebrews chapter 7 Verse number 25, the Bible says that we know that Jesus ever lives at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. So guess what? Bana Elohim means sons of God. But there's one who sits by the right hand of the Father who is the only begotten Son of God. In other words, he trumps all the other sons of God up there. Come on, somebody. And the scripture says he is our intercessor. Now, an intercessor doesn't mean that he has a kneeling bench up there and he's down there praying. I'm not against that, but he's, that's not what intercession means. An intercessor is somebody who stands in between or goes between. So what happens is these wicked forces start bringing accusations against you and I into the heavens. And the Bible says Jesus gets up 
and jumps in between the accusation and the judge. The accuser is here, the judge is here, and the intercessor goes between and gets in between. And I like to think it like this, kind of Jesus gets a little thug, throws his arms in there and says, oh, you want some of this? You think you want some of this? Come on, I'm not near as saved as y'all are, right? So that's the way I like to see you. I know you got Jesus and he's a little sissy, you know, and he's kind of floating on a cloud. I'm telling you right now, I've been to Israel 28 times. Jesus ain't no sissy. Anybody walk those mountains and do what? He was a beast of a man. He was a man's man. I can promise you, every time the devil comes to bring an accusation, Jesus gets up, flexes his bicep and says, if you think you want some of this, I don't know if you remember the last time, but the last time we got in a fight, I kicked you out of heaven so fast you look like lightning falling. Right? So we have an intercessor. Now let me show you a scripture. This is going to really make you happy right here. If this don't make you happy, I can't do nothing for you. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Look at what the Bible says. Pastor, am I okay on time? Oh, I'm good. Praise the Lord. 1 John 2.1. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, He has an advocate who pleads the case, our case, before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the only one who is truly righteous. So again, watch this now. Here comes these evil spirits coming before God to accuse us day and night. Jesus jumps up, jumps in between the accuser and the judge. Throws his hand up to the devil and says, devil, you need to just shut up. And then the Bible says he starts pleading our case. Now, it doesn't mean that he's talking about how good we are. Because the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. Your best day with God is filthy rags in his sight. There's none righteous. Except Jesus. So when Jesus jumps up between the accuser and the judge, he doesn't start saying, well, let me tell you about Shane. You know, Shane dresses sharp and got some cool Johnson Murphy shoes on, got his little tweed jacket on, got a cool barber that knows how to fix that head, baby. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, let me t- he's a great pre- He doesn't start doing that. No, that's not what he does. Folks, what he does is he jumps up and says, well, let me tell you how this works. This has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with who he is or what he is or what he's done. What it has to do with is 2,000 years ago, I left the splendor pearly gates of heaven. I went down. I became a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. I lived a sinless life for 33 years, did miracles, signs, and wonders, then went to a cross, died a sinner's death. I was buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, arose from the grave, and I now stand at the right here. And let me tell you about Shane. Shane don't deserve to be forgiven because of what he's done. Shane doesn't deserve to be forgiven because of how he dresses. Shane doesn't deserve to be forgiven because of his of his heritage or his background or who his family is. He he deserves to be forgiven because I came and offered my blood on the mercy seat of heaven and I paid for his sin once and for all. He's not righteous because of who he is. He's the righteousness of God in me. Come on, are y'all here? So let me, everybody stand, stand, I'm done. I want to give you one last scripture. Everybody look at this scripture. Guys, I want us to put it on the screen here. Zechariah chapter 3. Now, this scripture is going to sum up everything I just preached to you. Check this out. Zechariah chapter 3. Shikamoshai. Come on. 
I'm just going to read it. Zechariah chapter 8. The Bible says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. There it is. And Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. So, oh, check this out. Look at me. He's the high priest. This ain't Joshua who fought the battle of Jericho. This is another Joshua. He's the high priest. He's standing before the Lord in church doing his ministry. He doesn't know it, but there's another dimension working right beside him. Here's the angel of the Lord on one side and Satan on the other side standing there to accuse him. To stop him. Now, I know you thought you was coming to church and you're just going to go through the motions, but you didn't know this. There's angels here and there's demonic forces here and they don't want you, they don't want y'all to break out in revival this week. Come on, folks. They don't want you to break out in revival this week. They want you to come and just get your little dab of do you and go back home and you nothing really changed in your life. They don't want you to break out in revival. They don't want the glory of God to hit your life to the, such a degree that it turns your whole house upside down, that all your family starts getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't want you to do that. So what the, you know what they don't? They come today just hoping you would just go through your motions. But yet we got the angel of the Lord there fighting for us. Saying, come on, you're, you're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. You're a priest before God. Right? Check this out. It says, the angel of the Lord, the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. I love this. You know what Jesus did? You know what the angel of the Lord did? The angel of the Lord jumped up between Satan and the accuser or, and, and Joshua the high priest, threw his hand up and said, shut up. You shut up. Because I want them to know they're everything I said. Whew, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit on me. They're everything that I said they are. Can I tell you something? You're everything God says you are. You're not who people say you are. You're not even who some religion says you are. You are who God says you are. And if you ever discover who God says you are, you'll never want to be anybody else. But there are people who come to church with their hand lifted and condemnation and guilt is on them. And they don't want to come boldly into the throne of God because they just they feel like God really won't accept them because they've missed the mark, they messed up. Well, if you go on down and read Zechariah chapter 3, you'll find out this is a high priest who's standing in filthy garments. The reason Satan was there to oppose him because he had messed up but notice Jesus never said nothing back to that high priest man this look at how dirty you are look at how much of a mess you are that's not what he said he said go get me one of my robes out of my closet and put that robe on him put a clean turban on his head because this is the righteousness of God that is in me can I tell you something the devil I came today to cancel the accusations of the devil that God can't use you that God doesn't love you that God doesn't want you that God doesn't have a plan for you that is a lie from the pit of hell and I've come to tell you today you have a destiny in God that is so much bigger and so much greater than you think it is. Come on somebody say yes and amen to that right now. So here's what I'm going to do. Here and at the Amarillo campus I want the prayer team to come right now. I need me some prayer team to come right now and there are people in this room and at the Amarillo campus that you have been under the most severe attack from spiritual force. I'm not talking about just going through struggles in life. I'm talking about you are under severe attack. You feel like the devil has unleashed everything he can against you. This morning, I felt like God said, if they'll come, 
I'm going to cancel satanic strategies. And we're going to start this first day, this first service of the conference. And God's going to break satanic strategies. And it's going to free people to step into his glory. So if the, listen, if you're under the sound of my voice right here or in any of the other campuses and the Lord is talking to you and you've been under terrible satanic attack, I need you right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, get out of your seat and come up here and let us pray for you. We're going to put our hands on you right now, and we're going to believe that God is going to stop every strategy of the evil one. Come now, get up at the at the other campuses right now, and get down to the front. They're there to pray for you. The anointing is there just like it's here. Come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I need everybody who's not coming, lift your hands and just go to worshiping. Just go to worshiping. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.